You ready for the word? Yes, All right, let's pray. Father, we ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can build you as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity, there is light, and there is peace in this atmosphere this morning. And we say your name alone is glorified as we are headified in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, very quickly this morning, I have a short exhortation for you. And, we, and I call this, how to keep the devil far from you. How to keep the devil far from you. You got to know how to keep the devil far from you. Because the devil can be around you. You don't know. You're going to find out in this meet, in this teaching this morning. The devil can be seated beside you. Someone say, are you the devil? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, don't look at your neighbor and say, oh, gee, are you a devil now? No, no, no. But you know the devil can be living with you at home. <laughs> I'm just joking. But you're going to find out how to keep the devil far from you. Glory, glory, glory. All right. So you know one thing about the scriptures, and I'll just give you a breakdown of the scriptures. I was telling you yesterday about the scriptures, and I let you know now. Once you can study the scriptures, the Bible is a book of wisdom. The more you read it, is the more you are wiser. The Bible is a book of wisdom. The more you meditate on God's word, Joshua one verse eight, it says, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest prosper." So when you can meditate on God's word a lot and feed on God's word a lot, you're going to be much wise. In Psalm 119 verse 97, Psalm 119 verse 97, it says, I swear that you open your Bible and read. Psalm 119 verse 97. It says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all day. It is my meditation all day. You know, when you don't come to, when you don't look at the scriptures, when you come to church and you don't learn to open the Bible, a preacher can easily deceive you. You have to be smart. Why a lot of preachers get away with so many things on the pulpit is because the, the Christians don't go back to check what the preacher said. They just take it like it is. So as I'm teaching, you look at the scriptures so that you know maybe I'm right or wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to look at it yourself. So that way we are not, not trying to deceive you here this morning. Praise God. So you meditate on God's word. So when we meditate on God's word, we are wiser. When you look at the scriptures, when you read the scriptures, when you study God's word, it makes you wise. Now, not wise physically now or or um, socially or academically now, but wiser spiritually. You are wise. You are spiritually smart. You can undo issues properly. You can know how to decipher issues. You can know when each problem comes, how to navigate your way around it. And that's because you are spiritually smart. Has a reason of the word. Why do you come to service every Sunday? You come to service to feed on God's word, to learn God's word, to understand God's word, so that in the course of the week, and you are going through your daily activities, you are smart. You can easily put to practice what you are being taught. Hallelujah. So, when we meditate on the God's word, we are wiser. Tell your neighbor, say, when we meditate on God's word, we, on God's we, are we are wiser. Look at it in John 1 verse 14. John 1 verse 14, it says, the word became flesh. In John 1 verse 14, this is Jesus now in his human form. He says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we behave this glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, this was Jesus. 
But there was something about Jesus in Luke 20, Luke 2 verse 40. Look at something key about Jesus. Now, this is Jesus, your Lord, your Master, your Savior. We just sang the song, my righteousness, my Master, my King. Look at it. Look at Jesus. But look at him in, in verse 40. Luke 2 verse 40. It says, and the child grew. I'll wait for you. You have to open your Bible. I'll wait for you. It says, Luke 2 verse 40. It says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with what? Wisdom. And grace of God was upon him. So Jesus also grew in wisdom. Look at in verse 46 and 47 of that same Luke 2. So now, if Jesus can grow in wisdom, how much more you? Now, you know Jesus is God. How many of you know that, right? I'm sure you know that. That's why you're in service this morning. In Luke 2 verse 46, he says, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. In verse 47, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. He was asking questions. How do you grow in God's word? Many of you, you don't even ask questions. You don't study. You just take whatever they tell you. They tell you, oh, there's a power from your father's house that is troubling you. You just take it and you accept it. You don't even ask questions. Where is the power? Who, who started the power? <laughs> you, just, you just take it and you just accept those things. Jesus grew in wisdom. In verse 52 of that same place, in verse, look at verse 52 of that same Luke 2. Luke 2 verse 52. Says, and Jesus did what? Let's read it together. Everybody, one, two, ready, go. And Jesus did what? Increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus increased in wisdom. So the more of God's word you think upon and meditate, the wiser you become. As you are listening to me this morning, taking things down, you go home, you meditate on it, you look at it, you listen to the message again, you are getting wiser. You are getting stronger. You are listening, you are feeding your mind on God's word. It's making you wise. It's making you stronger as a Christian. It's making you, it's making you bold as a Christian. Praise God. Because you can't be a Christian and be a chicken. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says, But of him are ye in Christ. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. It says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. So Christ has become our wisdom, who is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So he makes us wisdom. So Christ has become our wisdom upon resurrection. Upon the resurrection, Christ became our wisdom. So when you don't meditate on God's word, you appear foolish. You appear not smart spiritually. You appear as somebody, you know, I told you a story. Yes, so some of you were in Bible study yesterday night. I told you a story of a church I went to sometimes ago. No, not sometimes ago, some years ago. And they told us to bring Beth and Cain to church to flog our enemies. And we started beating chairs. So everybody took a chair. Like, let's say, this kind of chair, you brought, every, so all of, like, you guys with belts, you take your belt, uh, mothers will bring, like, a strap or something, they'll just, maybe a wig or something, and everybody will say, now this is your enemy, beat it, beat it, in church, spiritual gymnastic. But that's because they are not wise. 
how would you come to church in this America? So don't think it is far. Oh. Don't think it is far. You know. And I was saying something to you yesterday in Bible study. I said some people are among them were prof. When I say prof, they have master's degree. They went to school, and they were they just can't think spiritually because I don't know. Now, if I tell you this morning, I say everybody stand up and let's flog our enemies. You're going to look around. Who is your enemy? You should ask me that question, right? Why is everybody quiet? Yes, sir. You should ask me. You should think. You should ask me that question. Who is your enemy? Then if I tell you this this year, let's make it a, a, figure, a, a figurative expression of your enemy. Are you not going to... And I say, everybody, bring beds. Let's say next Sunday. Let's declare next Sunday. I will say, next Sunday is flogging service. Hallelujah. <laughs> come come with your broom and packers. <laughs> oh, and your belt. Or a cane. Go to an African store and buy koboko. I'm going to koboko. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you buy like a cane or you pluck something on the tree. Nah, not, not here. If they catch you, I don't know. But just pluck something on the tree and let's, let's flog our enemies next Sunday. You know, some people, that's what they like. Some people, that's what they like. They say, that's power. That's where God is moving. That God is using that man of God. <laughs> that we will have to flog the enemies blue-black. No. Hallelujah. Because when you don't study the word, you appear foolish. That's why an atheist will come into that kind of service and tell you, <laughs> what, what kind of thing is this? I don't believe in this gospel. In Galatians 3 verse 1, Paul addressed the church and said, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? So foolishness is the opposite of wisdom. Ask your neighbor, are you foolish? It sounds off, right? <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. I don't say you should answer. I don't answer that question. <laughs> so foolishness is the opposite of wisdom. Because wisdom is the right understanding of knowledge. Once you are wise, you can apply things rightly. Foolishness is when you don't have knowledge or they've told you. Let's say you come to this service now. And after I finish teaching you how to keep the devil far from you, you still go and tell the devil, okay, now come in. That's you being foolish. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? That's you being foolish. You've been told something and you're not acting upon it. So the word of God makes us wiser. Tell your neighbor again. Say that the word of God makes us wiser. It makes us wiser. So like now, by the time we are done with service this morning, the next couple of minutes, by the time we are done with service this morning, I expect that you are much wiser. Hallelujah. So one of the expectations on this service is that you are wiser. You know how to apply certain things. I'm going to walk you through the scriptures as touching certain things and you are going to be much wiser. Hallelujah. Say, I'm, I'm much wiser by the reason of the written word. That's how it is. So now you go into your week and when you see the devil, you can detect the devil. Hallelujah. You know, the devil doesn't come in in those African magic movies and just come with horns and just say, I am the devil. You know, it doesn't come that way. It doesn't come that way. So we are studying how to keep the devil, what? Far from you. And I told you, you need wisdom, right? You need wisdom. You can't be foolish. You can't be a foolish Christian. You can't be a foolish Christian. You have to be wise. So as a Christian, you have to be spiritually smart. That's why you come in. As you come to service on, in, during the week, you are looking at the word. You are checking it again. 
we put the messages out by the, by the time this by today's evening the messages will have been out this message you listen again because you will have lost some details you listen again and say okay this is what it is then it makes you wiser hallelujah it makes you wiser so look at Ephesians 4 verse 27 so by the end of the service I expect you are wiser right right all right how to keep the devil far from you he says in verse 27 and now there's something that, there's something that I, I need to make you understand if you're in Bible study yesterday I explained certain things don't miss Bible studies it's you you need to you need to really be there look at the Ephesians 4 verse 27 it says neither give place to the devil and I explained to you that these letters were written to the church written to the church in such a way that they are written to believers just like you and I in this service this morning. So the church of Ephesus will read this letter, just like in a Sunday service like this, and they will tell themselves, oh wow, Paul is telling us, give neither give place to the devil. So that means the believer can give place to the devil. And that word in Ephesians 4 verse 23, in the Greek, it's like, um, give no place. It means like, give no opportunity. Give no foothold. It was used in the Greek for like a war context, like a war conquest. Like saying, I fight a war and I conquer the land and I have that land. So that's basically how it was being used in the Greek. So when Paul was writing this to them, he was describing a scenario to them. Now, so when he says, neither give place to the devil, he was saying, don't give opportunity to the devil. It's just like an immigration check where some of you before you came into the country or some of you that are traveling or coming and traveling maybe if it is not within the if it is not within the country if it's an inter-country stuff and you're traveling you know some of you have to scan your visa they will have to check the immigration right then that's why you are permitted to enter so it is because the check your immigration you're not permitted to enter Right? It's not because you bought the ticket. You can buy a ticket. There are people that, that have bought a ticket and got into the airport and they took them back. So you guess what I'm saying? So it is your papers being complete that makes you enter somewhere. So that's basically what it's... That's the scenario in that, in that text. When it says, neither give place to the devil. That is, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give no opportunity. So because when someone is your enemy, he has nothing to offer you. So you have to keep your territory. When somebody is your enemy, you have nothing to offer him. Just imagine there is a Boko Haram on a high seas in this street. You know, we're going to close our door so tight, right? We're not going to let him enter because those are enemies, right? But someone say, it's church. Church, but we are scared so that we are not bombed. <laughs> so we come, we come to church and go back home alive. <laughs> but yeah, we, they can come. I'm just joking. So I say, ah, I'm not coming to church next Sunday. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, praise God. So many of us don't know that the devil can easily be handled from God's word. A lot of us still get scared about the devil. When you hear the devil, the devil, the devil, some of you are still scared. And that's because probably some of you grew up in some Orthodox churches that they told you, oh, the devil is doing you. Oh, the devil is having a problem to you. So every small thing that happens is the devil. If something falls down, oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's the handwork of the devil. We are going to clarify whether it is really the devil or it's not the devil. Look at First Peter 5, 
First Peter 5, 7 to 9. There's a teaching I'm going to do if you will come for Bible study. A little gist about demons. That's if you will come for Bible study. But if you don't come, I'm not teaching that. <laughs> Praise God. First Peter 5. First Peter 5, 7 to 9. First Peter 5, 7 to 9. First Peter 5, 7 to 9. It says... Are you there? I'll wait for you. It's 1 Peter 5, 7 to 9. We've got to be fast this morning. My time is moving fast. All right. 1 Peter 5, 7 to 9. It says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. Verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So he says, be sober and vigilant, because the adversary of the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking around for a chance, like I told you, an opportunity to devour someone. So he doesn't have... To devour you until you give him the opportunity to. Because we just saw in Ephesians that it says resist the devil. Neither give place to the devil. So a lot of us, we just, like I said, we just grew up and thinking, oh, it's just like a deliverance session. You know, deliverance sessions never ends. If you say, okay, you are delivered from firstborn cause. Then after the firstborn cause, they'll tell you, okay, there's still one thing. Doing. Do you know that? Is, do you notice something? After I deliver, how many of you have been to deliverance services before? Ah, that's good. Thank God. Do you notice that immediately you're finishing that deliverance service, the idea of advertising the next program for deliverance. So what did you just do? <laughs> so it means you are not really free. So, okay, so this is why I gave up on those things. I went to one service one time. And I think we've prayed, they used like about 30-something hours to do deliverance. So, you know, you are expected that after like 30-something hours, you are free, right? Who should come to church and stay in the church for 30-something hours and not be free? They've prayed all the prayer. They've casted out all your dem- demons. Even you, say your voice has been casted out. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the program, as they were finishing, they were not saying. So, don't think, this is how they said it, don't think you are already free. Ah. So, what did I do? For 30 something hours in this church. So don't think you are already free, especially the firstborn. And I want firstborn. Especially the firstborn. Then I said, because as of that time, they said October 1 is Independence Day, as of that time in Nigeria then. So if October 1 is Independence Day. So they say, firstborn, you need your liberation. So if you are a firstborn, you must come. So let's say my mother is, on, is sitting where, bro, Jojo is si- sitting there. So my mother, and I'm, I'm sitting on the. Hope you are here. Hope you are here. <laughs> My mother just signaled to me like, hope you are here. Hope you are here. Firstborn. <laughs> so I'm not wondering, what did I just do? For 30-something hours, my day was gone. All my video games gone. No, I, in fact, I didn't even go to school. 
because they felt like I had a problem. You know, those kind of times when you feel like you are the black sheep of your family and they say, no, this one, you have a special case. We need to take you for, for cleansing, spiritual cleansing. And some people, they, they, they go to some churches where they put candles around them. They tell them to sit inside the stay around the candle. I just don't, <laughs> so you cannot move around. <laughs> so it's the, like it's the candle that is going to sort your problem. You see, like I told you, some people can be foolish. They are Christians, though, but they are just foolish. Are you seeing it? That's why Paul told them in Galatians. He said, "All foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you?" So we say, "Why am I calling them foolish?" Even Jesus in Luke twenty-four said, "All fools are slow of heart to believe." So a Christian who is not spiritually wise is a fool. He's just being deceived. He's tossed to and fro. So, in, look at in James 4 verse 7. Look at James 4 verse 7. We are still studying how to keep the devil far from you. James 4 verse 7. James 4 verse 7. It says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God, and resist the devil, and it will do what? It will flee from you. That flee from you means it will run from Pharaoh. So you can keep the devil running from you. And it is your responsibility. You see, in this James 4 verse 7, did he say it is God who we, who we resist it? No. It says resist the devil. That is, it is your responsibility. And it will flee from you. So it is not God's responsibility. Now, who is the devil? The devil means an opponent. In the Greek word, the Greek word for devil means diabolos. That is diabolical. Somebody who is very diabolical. That is one who will use every means or ways to oppose you. And diabolism deals with deceit and tricks. When you see the manifestation of the devil, one of the things I'm going to teach you as time progresses on Maybe work. I, I taught you recently this year how to cast out devils. I taught you recently, you should lay in on that material, how to cast out devils because you can see people and then you can take authority over those things. One of the things that the devil uses is just deceit and tricks. He is not smart. He, like I told you, we just saw in the scriptures, he is looking for a way to devour you. It doesn't really have a way. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like four stars. They don't have a means to get your money. But they are using crook means, right? Deceit, right? They will use different deceits to get the money, right? Because they know they don't have your money, right? So that is how the devil is. So he uses every means to oppose you. So, and, and one truth about this is, anyone you can't resist means he has power over you. But somebody you can resist means you have power over him. You know, when a mosquito is flying around there, you can, quickly, you, you can just do your hand like this, leave. That's because it doesn't have power over you. So imagine you treat the devil that way. You know, you can just do your hand like, you know all those insects that flies around and you just, mm, mm. you know, it's because you know you can easily kill this. So if you just, mm, you just clap your head and you kill it. Because the thing doesn't have power over you. That is how you should treat the devil. The devil doesn't have power over the believer. A man who has believed the gospel, the devil doesn't have power over him. So, any, so he is not as powerful as you think. The devil is not as powerful as you think. Satan has been defeated already. Hallelujah. He has. 
Because you already have victory over Satan because of what Jesus has done. Upon the resurrection, Satan was defeated. Hallelujah. Satan was defeated. He is rendered useless. Luke 10 verse 18. Luke 10 verse 18. Open your Bible so that I don't deceive you too this morning. <laughs> so I'm not the devil you're running away. So open your Bible and look at it yourself. Praise God. You know, that's why a lot of, like I said again, a lot of preachers get away with so many things just because they feel like Christians will not study. They just say things loosely. That's why you can come to service and they're telling you aspire to desire the require, the fire and the fire and go to air fire. You know? That's because, you know those things don't have precedence in the scripture, but you know you, because they know that you, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> they know you will not go, you will not question the pastor. <laughs> Look at Luke 10 verse 18. Luke 10 verse 18. He says, and he said to them, I beard Satan. As lightning fall from heaven. Glory to God. In verse 19, he now says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nobody say nothing, nothing, shall by enemies hurt you. So Satan has fallen. Glory to God. Yes. See, you must treat the Bible as a serious business. You know, some people will sing songs like, eh, eh, Let us carry Jesus up and throw Satan away. What is that? Are we, <laughs> are we in the comedy show? We must treat the, the Bible seriously. Satan has fallen down. I want to say, Ben Lo, Ben Lo, Ben Lo, Ben Lo. <laughs> so I want to say, what's, what's this guy saying this morning? All right. So we have authority over serpents and scorpions. See, I have authority, I have authority. over serpents and scorpions. So we have so you don't have an authority problem. Satan has no legal rights towards you as a believer. He doesn't have access towards you as a believer. In Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 23, Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 23, it says, Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 23, it says, that the highest of your understanding, being enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory in the earth as of the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power, might, dominion, and in every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Verse 22, it says, And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6, Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. This is when we were dead in sins. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together. Glory to God. With Christ by grace, he has saved. He says he has raised us up. Hallelujah. He has raised us up together. And made us do what? Everybody, let's read it together. And made us do what? In Christ Jesus. So you are above him. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places now. So a believer in Christ is seated with Christ now, not with the devil. You are far above all principalities and power. Glory to God. So Satan has no authority over your life. Say it, I want you to say that to yourself. Say Satan has no authority over my life. He doesn't. So 
And, and I'm saying this, that anything that belongs to you, that has your name on it, not just your spiritual life, so you don't be like Job, who's a, who, I mean, I've thought Job in character of God, listening to my series on the character of God, you understand that. Who say, okay, uh, take everything but live my life. No. Anything that has your name on it, your life, your health, your finances, your academic, Satan can't touch it. Your car, anything that just has your name on it, because he has no legal right to do it. He has been defeated. He is under your feet. And you are far above him. Does Christ have power above Satan? He yes, does, right? And now I just showed you in Ephesians 2 verse 5 to 6 that you are seated the same place where Christ is. So can we safely say you are far above the Satan now? Yes, right? Yes, right. Look at in Colossians 2 verse 14 to 15. When you come to church, you must learn to look at the scriptures. Or else you'll be deceived. Anytime I come to service and I don't show you plenty of scriptures, hmm, be looking at me with one eyes like, Pastor, what are you trying to deceive me? <laughs> Colossians 2, verse 14 to 15. It says, Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out by the way, nailing it to the cross. Look at verse 15. Glory to God. It is having spoiled principalities and power. Hallelujah. He says he made sure of them openly, triumphing them over them in it. You know what that means? You know, how many of you are soccer fans here? Cool, cool. How many of you are Man United fan? Oh, good, oh, good, good. Oh, good. This, is, this is where I'm going to be preaching today. This, 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 this is the side I'm going to be preaching to. How many of you are Chelsea fans? All right, my audience. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know those so just like this goal we scored yesterday <laughs> you know the, the game we didn't really play well but whoever wants won that's the question that's the beauty as far as we have the goal <laughs> that's that's the whole, that's that's what matters like the goal we scored yesterday look at how bruno rejoiced that is exactly how jesus did so it was like jesus defeated the devil came out of it triumphantly that triumphant is like that excitement. Or it's like somebody scoring a goal. Oh, I've done it. Triumphing over the devil. People like Chelsea. Sorry. <laughs> we are still in service. Praise God. All right, Hebrews 2. I don't like Chelsea. I don't like them. They call themselves Blue of London. No, they can't be. How would they? How would they? They say London is blue or the sky is blue. How is that? How is that happening? Don't worry, this season we are there. The glory of the latter house is being returned to the former one. <laughs> With our Eric Tank, we are winning this season. Inshallah. <laughs> Hebrews 2, we are still in service. Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is who? The devil. So he has destroyed the devil. Glory to God. He has destroyed the devil. 
Destroy there means strip of power. I'm explaining it again. What does destroy there means? It means stripped of power. So the devil has been stripped of his power. He has been rendered powerless by the reason of the resurrection. The devil was rendered powerless. Hebrews 2 verse 14. It says he destroyed him that had the power of death. So nobody should scare you and say you're going to die tomorrow. You tell the person, no, I'm not dying anytime soon. I'm not going to live in fear. Hallelujah. You're not going to live in fear. He has been destroyed. Glory to God. Rendered powerless. So Jesus has stripped the devil of every power and authority that he has. So Satan is not your problem. Satan is not your problem. He has already been defeated. His rights and privileges has been taken away from him. And the church now belongs to Jesus. And us. We are the possessors of the rights and privileges in Christ. All authority in heaven and earth is now given to us. It belongs to Jesus and it belongs to me. The name of Jesus belongs to me. Hallelujah. You can say that for yourself. Say the name of Jesus belongs to me. I'm a possessor of that name. Look at in John 12, verse 31 to 33. John 12, verse 31 to 33. Are you there? I'll wait for you. We should be doing, I think we should be doing fastest finger now. Right? We should be doing Bible sword in church. Faster finger. First to open the scriptures. <laughs> John 12, 31 to 33. It says, now is the judgment of this word. Now the prince of the world be cast out. Hallelujah. In verse 32, he says, And if I be lifted up from the head, from the earth, I will draw men to him. This he says, signifying the death he should die. Not if I be lifted up, I will do. No, it's not that song. It's not praise and worship. Look at it in John 16, verse 8 to 11. John 16. He says, When he's come, he will reprove the word of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Or sin because they believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So he says the prince of this world is judged. So Satan is not your problem. He has been judged. He will never have a right over your life. One of the things I want you to leave this service with is that the Satan Satan cannot have a right over you. A man born again, a man filled with the Holy Ghost. He says we are we are we have the indwelling of the spirit with us. So Satan can't be living where God is living. Life and darkness cannot cohabit. So Satan has no foothold over you again. But what does he want to do? He wants to have right over your life. But it's just a mere wish. He's trying everything. It's just a mere wish. He cannot because Jesus has stripped him of that power. It is a man who is not born again. He can have a right over. Ephesians 2 verse 1. It says, those who walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, those that walk in the children of disobedience, those who are not born again, those who are not Christians, the devil is living with them. But you who are born again, you're in church this morning, you didn't bring the devil here. The devil is not in this service. Hallelujah. He doesn't have a right over you. 
Because you are not in the kingdom of darkness. Look at Colossians 1. I want, ever, I want us to read it together. Let's do fastest finger. Everybody, let's go there. Colossians 1. Who is there? I'm there. How many, how many, let's see. Let's look at the census. Who is there? Let me see. Everybody? Everybody? Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Everybody? Everybody? Oh, God. Oh, God. Some of you, nah. If we were to give a price, this, so I think I'm going to be putting out, maybe starting from next service, I'm going to be putting out $1, one dollar or $2. two dollars. <laughs> so we say, ah, I'm coming to church. <laughs> All right, look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 12. Let's read it together. 1, 2, ready, go. Parikas of the entrances. Verse 13. Let's read it slowly. Verse 13. Who Stop. Who had done what? So have you been delivered from the power of darkness? Yes, sir. Look at the next thing. So where are you now? Yeah. It's that simple. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. So you are not in the kingdom of darkness. He can't have authority over you. He can only exercise his authority to those who are in the kingdom of darkness over there. Yeah. That's what he can, he can only do that to those who are not believers. But to you, no, God is the Lord over your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are no more in his terrain. It's like some of us who, who left our countries to move down here, you left, okay, let's say I, I moved down from Indiana to Rochester. I don't live in Indiana anymore. I now live in Rochester, New York. Right? So now, I can't, so now, I don't know what is going on over there, but I can know what is going on in Rochester. You have left his kingdom. He can't even access you anymore. It's like the door was locked. So it's like he's outside looking like, ah, what's going on? And now this, this thing is so high, he can't see you. It's not a tinted glass where he can peep through, no. It's the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, he can only exercise a privilege if you are in his kingdom. So every time the gospel is preached to somebody and he believes it, he has turned from darkness into God. He has turned from darkness to light. So when you go out this week to preach the gospel, because I expect you should do, a minister of the gospel, a Christian should be preaching the gospel. Tell your neighbor, say a Christian. A Christian. No, you're not saying like you mean it. A Christian. Should be preaching the gospel. Ask your neighbor, are you preaching? Are you preaching? What's the answer? <laughs> What's the answer? What's the answer you're hearing? A Christian should be. So you know what you do? Hallelujah. Let's come back now. You know what you do when you preach the gospel? You are thorning somebody, taking them out of the camp of the devil, and you are bringing them to our camp. Glory to God. And that's the kingdom of light. You are changing their life. That is what death, that's what we call death to life. That is exactly how to raise the dead. <laughs> that's what we call raising the dead. So as many people you get saved, you just rose the dead. So I say, ah, really? Oh, you don't know? This, the Bible says they were dead in trespasses and sin. And you brought them back to life. 
That's why it says that we have eternal life. John 3, 16, the popular thing. For God so loved the Holy Ghost that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Those who have not believed the gospel, it is not for them. Oh. They can quote it, but if they've not believed it, <laughs> it's not for them. It is you that has eternal life. Hallelujah. So you know your own type of raising the dead? That type of dead cannot die again. Hallelujah. So when you raise it, even if it dies physically, the Bible says it's sleeping. So when you preach the gospel, you are raising the dead. When you preach the gospel, you are making men leave the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. How many of you are going to raise the dead this week? No, you're not. I want to see your hand. How many of you are going to raise the dead this week? So what will you do? You preach. You preach. You preach to somebody. Preach to your friend. So when you preach the gospel, you are delivered from the power of darkness. Now, I want to give you some assumptions that a lot of people have about Satan. Just a little assumptions. And it will clarify, just to clarify your mind, like I said, one of, the reasons, one of the reasons for this service is to make you wise. Some people believe that Satan, number one thing is, some people believe that Satan is omnipresent. That is, he's in two places at once, he's everywhere. No, he's not everywhere. Like I just told you, he's not in this service. What is in this service is the Spirit of God, angels all around us. Hallelujah. He is not in this service. He doesn't know what we are doing here. He is not everywhere at the same time. He is not omnipresent. Only God can be in more than two places at once. The Satan cannot. Like I said, if you will come for Bible study, I'm going to teach you a little gist about devils. But not now. That's if you will tell me you will come. <laughs> Two, some people think that Satan is omniscient. It means he knows everything. The devil does not know everything. Satan does not know everything. He doesn't know that service time today is 10 a.m. He doesn't know because it's only Christians who knew. That is why for almost 4,000 years, the prophet of old in the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, kept speaking about, oh, somebody is coming, oh, this and that, from Abraham, Abel, Isaac, you know, Jacob. They kept speaking, Noah, prophet, everybody kept speaking and testifying of what Christ, that Christ will come. But the devil didn't know. That's why in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, look at it. I want to show you something there. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, who is there? Who is there? Who is there? Who is the first person? Five. Noah is the first. <laughs> first person 2 7. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 7. 1 Corinthians 2 7. He says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Look at how Paul wrote something. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Is everybody there now? Yes. All right. He says, But we speak this wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the world unto our glory. Look at verse 8, very key. Which none of the princes of this world knew. He said, for if they had known it, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil knew <laughs> that the death of Jesus will bring salvation to men, he would have stopped it. <laughs> the devil did not know. He didn't understand what God was doing. He didn't know. So the devil is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Why was Herod disturbed? How many of you remember that story of when Jesus was born? 
Why was Aaron disturbed that a king is born? I expect that Aaron is about, about 50, 60 years and is angry that a little child was born. And now this was two years after. He's afraid that ah, a little child, you, at least the child will grow before he becomes a king. But why was Herod disturbed? Because Herod was under the influence of the devil. So the wise man was indirectly telling the devil, we want to go to a king. So are you seeing why Herod was disturbed? Because that's when he just knew, ah, something has happened two years ago and I did not know. And guess God's wisdom? The Lord took him over by night. They left Egypt, right? After Mary gave birth, they left for Egypt. So it means the devil was not in Egypt. But you know what Herod did? Herod said, kill, because he couldn't identify. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He couldn't identify. He said, kill all the male child. From two years downward, just kill everybody. Now, not knowing that Jesus is in Egypt. Are you seeing the works of darkness? So you see, when we see certain operations, you, I, want you, I want you to leave this service and be able to spot certain things. So you will not be able to say, oh, this, this happened by chance. This happened by this. No, you should be able to say, oh, it's not the devil. It's just, it's just coincidence. It's, just, it's not the devil. It's just this. I want you to be able to make certain distinctions. So you don't keep saying, oh, devil, devil. <laughs> no. So Herod didn't know before. But when he knew, look at how the devil worked. Remember? John 10, he, the thief came to steal, to kill, and to do what? To destroy. He just killed everyone. Hold the male child. So Jesus was just enjoying his life somewhere else. After many years when Herod died, they now came back. The devil still didn't know. When he was in the temple asking tough questions at the age of 12, when he was growing in wisdom and stature, the devil was not aware. You know, the devil would just be wondering, where is this guy? Ah, what's going on? He's not omniscient. And you know, those folks, those wise men who came to say, ah, they said, you know, the Lord told them, don't go back there. Don't go and tell him again. That's to tell you, informations are very vital. So we didn't see Jesus till John the Baptist again. And immediately John the Baptist spotted him and said, this is my beloved son. Inuma, where pleased. Guess what? The next thing was, Temptation, the devil came for him. The devil now came to Jesus to deal with Jesus himself. That's because now an information has been spread. So it can't be all powerful. Somebody who does not know, who is not everywhere, can't be all powerful. Can you see it now? How many of you get it to this point? Because we're getting we're getting somewhere. It's just like in First Samuel 16. When Satan entered into Saul, the king, and it was as though the Lord rejected Saul, and the Lord told Saul, or the Lord told Samuel to go and anoint David. What did the Lord tell Samuel to do? Samuel was crying. The Lord told him, start go and anoint. Take up the sacrifice, go sacrifice. He said, ah, what will I tell? If Saul, if Saul catch me to do this, what will happen? And the Lord tell him, tell him you want to go and worship. You are going to offer sacrifices. Don't disclose the information. Yes, I'm going to offer sacrifices, but I'm also going to do something else. To anoint the king. So in the mind of Satan, he was going 
to anoint, to offer sacrifices, not knowing what was going to happen. So Satan did not know. And Satan is not everywhere to know. Satan did not know, and Satan is not everywhere to know. He is not all powerful. It is only God who is everywhere and knows all things. And he is all powerful. Only God. Look at Luke 4. I'm preparing us for healing service next Sunday. Look at Luke 4. Luke 4, verse 12. Are you, who's there? <laughs> Luke 4, verse 12. It says, And Jesus answered and said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Look at it in verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. <laughs> Meaning, he wants to go and look for another opportunity. He is always waiting for another chance. In John 14, verse 30. John 14, verse 30. Who is there? You there? One person? Hey, why is there? John 14, verse 30. Are we there? John 14 verse 30. He says, look at it. Year after, I will not talk much. I will come for the prince. I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and has nothing on me. He said he has nothing on me. But look at something the devil did in John 13 verse 27. Just flip back. John 13 verse. Who is there? I expect you should be there. John 4, 13, verse 27. It says, And after the sob, what happened? Let's read it. Jesus said unto him, That thou doest and do quickly. This was Judas, Jesus' associate. Someone who was close to Jesus. He must have preached for Jesus. In fact, Andrew the money. He was their treasurer, you know. And yet, the Satan entered in. So, because you, you need to understand that. <laughs> the operations of the devil are not, are not, they are not uh, Marvel movies or horror movies. And say, I am the devil. I have come now. Let me enter you. <laughs> that's, that's not how the devil works in fact if you think that's how it works he has just played a trick on you remember I told you he's diabolical he used deceit so the tricks of the devil is to paint another picture I thought a message you should listen to it what does the devil really want listen to that message I, what does the devil really want he plays tricks he wants to paint another picture to you to make you feel like it is something else instead of him <laughs> So he doesn't have a legal right to access. So we give him a right, then he has access to it. It is when we give him a right, he has access to it. Just like when Jesus came to them, he told them to pray lest Satan would use them. But yet they slept. 
All the times that Jesus came or Jesus was tempted, Jesus didn't speak against God's word. So Satan will keep coming. And I'm going to explain certain things to you in a, in a minute. Satan will keep coming. And you know sometimes you are strong in the Lord. You know sometimes you feel strong. You've prayed. Maybe you've done a prayer change. You're just feeling fly. You're feeling, <laughs> I'm cool. It's not going to come that time. And sometimes you don't feel strong. You just feel, I don't even feel like praying today. I don't feel like even studying anything. I just want to watch Netflix and chill. Beware. That chill. <laughs> then you are wondering, why did I fall into what I just fell into? You were chilling. <laughs> because he said you should resist him steadfastly. So the devil is always looking for opportunity. Now, who creates the opportunity? You. You do. I do. We all do. The choices we make creates opportunity. The decisions we make creates opportunity. The friends we, we make creates the opportunity. The associates we have create opportunity. The information we give out creates opportunity. Imagine Samuel has gone to David and told, imagine Samuel has gone to Saul and said, I am going to anoint David. Hope you know the prophet will have been dead. Hope you know David will not have become the king because Samuel will kill, Saul will kill David. Some of you will go through problems, then Facebook will put what's on your mind. You put what's really on your mind. You have gotten you. Then you see that things are not working. You just put an information for the devil. You say, oh, what's on your mind? My mom is sick. Then she now finally died. You're now wondering why. Why did God allow it happen? Why can't you conceive the sickness and let's pray? Then you put what's on your mind. That's, I, I saw somebody on my Facebook. I think, I, I don't know why I've not blocked the person. Because say, my dad is in the hospital right now. He's trying to go for chemo. He's doing, ah. And everybody was liking and saying, sorry. The devil has seen that. So if the operation did not go successful, you, that person should not try to blame God. You just made the devil aware. That's giving out information. There are certain things you don't disclose. Just imagine, someone has gone to David and said, or Saul and said, it's God now that said I should anoint him. It's God. Can't God fight the battle? God keeps secret though. He himself kept his secret so that the devil does not know when he wants to die. Do you know that it took until the day of Pentecost for the devil to be aware that Jesus rose from the dead when he saw 3,000 men? I thought this message sometimes ago. When he saw 3,000 men speaking in tongues, causing commotion in Israel. In Jerusalem, as at that time, sorry. Ah. So it's like, there's Jesus in this person, there's Jesus in this person, there's Jesus in this person. So it has multiplied like that. That's when he knew his work was finished. So, some of you talk loosely. That's how you, some of you talk loosely. You know your friend is not born again, and that's your best friend. You are, you, you know what? You are living with the devil. You are telling the person, ah, you know, I'm going for this thing. Then the thing did not work out. The person is saying sorry. And the person is sympathizing with you. The person is good. You just told the devil, oh, I'm sorry, you. 
Do you know that the Bible says those who are not born again, they are temple of idols. I am sorry, I know I'm touching your sacred cows now because some of you have friends who are not born again. I know. That's why you got to preach. You, got, you have to save them. Make sure they are saved. Because some of you are going to talk loosely. You are, that's you keeping the devil beside you. Then you see things not working out for you. You see things going bad for you. You are talking to the devil every day. Some of you tested some, some of your friends this morning and said, I'm going to church. You just made the devil aware that you are coming. So if you have an accident after this service, don't say, it is, don't say anything happened. You told the devil. Some of you talk loosely. You keep friends who are not born again and you expect things to keep going right with your life. It's not possible. No, sorry, it's not possible. A man who has not believed the gospel, the devil lives inside. You, you have believed the gospel, you are light. So you are cohabiting with darkness. <laughs> Everywhere is quiet now. They were like, eh? Really? Yeah, really. Because what someone doesn't know, he doesn't act upon. What somebody doesn't know, he doesn't act upon. I just showed you. The devil wasn't even aware when Jesus was born. It took the wise men to tell Herod. Just imagine the wise men didn't tell Herod. Oh, you know, those male child would have been spared. Do you know how many male child were destroyed? As at that time? Killed. Many of us, because even the, Jesus told some of his disciples, he said, stare no one. When he did some miracles, he said, hey, shh, don't tell anybody yet. Some of you are having visa interview. You maybe apply for asylum or something. You have told the devil you are going for it and you expect to collect it. You will see it. You think the devil is happy that you are progressing in life? No! The Bible says he comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. He doesn't wish you good. Don't treat the devil like a joke. That's why the only duty you owe an unbeliever is to preach. Tell your neighbor, say the only duty, the only duty you owe an unbeliever, owe an unbeliever is, to is to preach. Preach! Get them saved! If you know you love them, that is true love. That's true love. True love is not I love you, I love you. You are loving the devil. <laughs> Just imagine you are dating the devil. You say, I love you. You are, the, you are the sugar in my tea. You are romancing the devil. <laughs> Telling the devil you are the sugar in my tea. Then you now get married. Then your wife stay. don't go to church. You are now wondering, ah, ah. I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> They don't go to church. Why are you going to church? Was it why, Bible study every day? What are they doing? Just imagine you are dating somebody now, and after some person say, "Why did you leave church this late?" Brethren, beware. That's the devil angry, but you just don't know because the devil doesn't come and say, "I'm the devil." He uses men, his own men, just like God uses you to heal the sick. Some of you have healed the sick, yeah. That's God walking. Just like you prayed in tongues this morning, that's God using, his, expressing his voice through you. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Just like you heal the sick, you pray for the dead, you do things, you preach the gospel, that's God using you. So when you see somebody telling you, what, what is it? Church, church, every time. That's the devil. That's the oppression of the devil. You must be smart. Be wise. Why should a Christian not be happy that you are going to church? Are you seeing it? They can disguise and say, I got, I've been born, I, I was even born in church. In fact, I'm a pastor's child. But yet, they might not be born again. Because a true Christian will say, ah, will be, will be excited. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You should go home after service and say, ah, this is what I learned in church. If you go home and share this with somebody, and the person is angry about this message, just beware. Ah! <laughs> I catch you. So come down. You just say, ah, come down. Let's see. You know, Jesus died for you. <laughs> you just switch it as, you know, Jesus died for you. Because the devil will obviously be angry with this message. He doesn't like the truth. He doesn't want to be exposed. Go and listen to my message. I thought this last year. On what does the devil really want? He doesn't want to be exposed. It, the devil doesn't like this kind of service. He likes to stay hidden so that he will do his work. Deceive. That's, I, I use the story of um, internet fosters for you. They just stay somewhere hidden not so that you don't see their face. That's the devil for you. He doesn't come in. That's why the Bible made us to understand. It comes in sheep clothing. comes like peacefully. What? Why? That church? Why did the guy wear black black today? Are you sure he's not even the devil? <laughs> you know? He says, so God keeps secrets. He didn't even tell the people that he was going to die through cross. He just kept telling them how they did not even understand. Do you notice that it was upon the resurrection? The disciples' eyes were now opened. To understand the scripture. He doesn't want anything to spoil. First Corinthians 2, he said, had they known? <laughs> that was the worst mistake of the devil to enter Judas Iscariot. <laughs> had they known? <laughs> they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Even upon the resurrection. That's why Jesus did not go to Jerusalem and say, I've risen again. Brethren, <laughs> glory to God. You, me that you killed three days ago. I'm out. He did not appear there. He only appeared to twelve. Before they kill him again. <laughs> yeah! You know, appear today, stay with them 40 days and train them. The 40, after he finished with them, the 120 started preaching. That's why on the day of Pentecost, there were commotion. That's why Peter now told them on Acts 2. He said, the Jesus you killed was risen again. And we are witnesses of these things. Who will do God? He didn't even know. He was, it took, the, that's why after... Guess what happened? After 30,000 men started speaking in tongues, guess what happened? After the miracle in Act 4, guess what? Persecution. Persecution happening. They wanted to kill. They arrested Peter. They arrested them. You see in Act 12, they arrested Peter. They killed James. They did everything. They were trying to stop the church from progressing. So there are certain things you don't talk about. God even keeps secrets. So some of you might be living with the devil and you don't know. And that's why I'm teaching you how to keep the devil far from you. It's not wrong to do that. You should love everybody, right? But you have to be smart, right? You have to be. I told you the holy thing you who are non-believer is preach. When you preach to them and they are good, bring them to church. Then from there, they are good. Then you're not going to go stressed again. 
Because some of you, your informations are not safe. This is the truth. Look at Herod. The wise men were naive. They just felt, ah, you were telling what, who, no, you should, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It was, ah, the king. What was going, what's he going to do? Right? You know what I mean? They were so naive. They didn't know. But that was the devil hearing it. He, he was like, ah, a king is born. A king? I thought I'm the king. So guys, beware. Some of you put things on Facebook. Some of you tweet anyhow. Your TikTok video shows you're just always on social media, just showing everybody Instagram, you know, putting your life out there. <laughs> the, devil just, so the devil does not need to stress much. You just say, let's go to Instagram, let's find out. What should this person do? Oh, we know where to find the person. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, every little thing, they are updating as they are fit. They go to, break, to lunch, they are updating it. The whole world is seen it. They go to breakfast, they are doing it. They, uh -uh. The devil does not need too much information to catch you. It's just to go to your Instagram and say, oh, what, where's, what is Favour doing? Oh, okay, she's in, oh, she's Papa John's. Oh, okay, we're going to catch her there. <laughs> that's simple. Even for about 25 verse 20, for about 25 verse 2, it says the glory of God is concealed. It says it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter, to conceal a thing. With honor me 29 verse 29, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, Are you there? Deuteronomy 29. It says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all of the word of the law. So, some things, there are some things you don't just tell people. It's not everything that people need to know, and it's not a lie. You just, keeping secret is not to tell lies. It's not that I want to tell you a lie. No, it just means you are not disclosing certain information. You just share the one that they need to hear that if, they, if you tell any, that's why. It's not, it's not that you are going to go tell a lie. I'm not teaching you that. Don't go and hear me and say I want to be lying now. No, you just don't disclose certain information. Look at the wisdom that God told Samuel. He just said, go and say you want to offer sacrifice. Did he go and offer sacrifice? Yes, but he just did not see the other part. <laughs> so don't talk loosely. Tell your neighbor, say don't talk loosely. Don't talk loosely. So how do you keep the devil far from you? Let's end this this morning with, how do you keep the devil far from you? So you see, you give informations, right? Some of you, you imagine you are dating a non-believer. Dating a non-believer. Somebody who doesn't go to church with you. That's the devil. I'm sorry, I know I'm touching some of your sacred crowds, but that's the truth. Imagine keeping friends that you have been warned about, and those are the people you are sharing the information with. That's the devil. That's the devil with you. So when you say things not going the right way with you, and you just wonder yourself, you're just, you see your life in circles and circles and circles. Don't blame anybody. You have to be built. So, how do you keep the devil far from you? Look at 1 Peter 5 verse 9. How do you keep the devil far from you now? Now, you can spot the devil, right? Right? But does the devil have power over you? No. All right, cool. Cool stuff. 1 
First beat that one night. As I start to round off now, time is fast spent. First beat that five nine. Are you there? Yes, sir. Is there? Everybody? Okay, cool. Is this? Look, like, look at it in verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a ruin now, walketh about. Seeking whom to divorce. So number one way to keep the devil far from you is be sober and vigilant. Be sober means be serious-minded. Be watchful with you. When it says vigilant, it means be watchful with your eyes and your lips. Don't just fuck loosely. Be watchful. Know who is who. Are you getting me? Some of you, you're dumb. Unbelievers are there and you... You are just telling them, you people are doing get together and you, you are just disclosing everything that is going on in your family. The devil is just, the devil is just sitting down comfortably and listening. You people are just having a chit chat and you're just gisting and gisting and say, ah, like, ah, in my own family, now in my own house. Ah, this is what is going on. This is how the devil is eh? So when, you, when your parents now call you back home or something, say, ah, this is going on, you're now wondering, ah, what's happening? The devil, you just gave the devil an information to work with. Paul said, Peter told us, be sober, be vigilant. A believer must be careful. Caution is not, is not legalistic. You must, you must take caution as a Christian. Be sober. Means be serious-minded. Be watchful with your eyes and your lips. There are some places you don't go. Imagine you're saying you're going to club at 12 a.m. Who do you think is staying there? There are some places you don't go. You know that club it does not sound Christian-like. So who do you think controls that kind of place? That's the devil. So if you come there and you find yourself in another place, you just give an access to the devil. There are some places you don't go. There are some friends that come around you and sometimes you just lose it. How many of you have come, you've, you've talked to certain people before and you just feel uncomfortable? How many of you have, have had that feeling before? That some of, how many of you have felt somewhere, somehow before that you told somebody something and you just felt, ah, why did I tell this person? You start, you, you went back and you're thinking, I should not have said that. And you know, there's actually nothing wrong with you saying it, but there was just that discomfort within you that why did, how many of you have felt that way before? That's because you were saying the wrong thing. You are saying it to the wrong person. Or you were saying the you were saying the right thing, but saying it at the wrong time. Be careful. Go and listen to our series on the leading of the spirit. Learn to follow even the leading of the spirit. Know who is who. Be sober. Be vigilant. Watch with your eyes. Watch with your lips. Just some friends that you should not even keep around you anymore. If they are not ready to serve God, I remember when I got born again and got serious, I had friends who were not serious too then. When they come around, they will just be mocking me and say, ah, you don't start all this, your past nothing. Sometimes they will even come for our conferences in December, they will be mocking me. But I had to disconnect. The only thing that connects us together is hi, hi. Sometimes if I travel for meetings these days, they don't even see me, I don't see them. My friends, my friends has changed. You are not ready to serve God, bye-bye. I've preached to you, I've told you, I'll Go! Don't be sentimental. You have a life to pursue. Life is actually selfish. Hope you know. If they were in your shoes, they would make the same decisions. Life is selfish. It's not everybody you keep around you. If they're not ready to serve God, why are you keeping them? Because there are some people who, will, who are fire extinguishers. 
Just imagine you have a friend who is telling you not to come to church on a Sunday. That is a bad friend. Telling you there's a meeting, there's a something to do, there's this to do, or let's sleep. Oh, you should have friends who will motivate you to serve God. Say, oh, let's not pray. I'm tired. You should say, wake up. You should slap the person. I say, wake up. Why are you not praying? Someone telling you, let's go and preach the gospel. And the person say, let's do it tomorrow. You should slap the person. And the person says, you reset. I say, yes, I'm going. That's a good friend. I say, ah, today, I'm, this week, I'm going to slap. I did not say that. <laughs> you know, because by hanging around the wrong people, you are giving Satan opportunities. When you're in a wrong relationship, see, let me tell you. I tell people this. When you encounter wrong friends, you will know. Except you are not born again. When you are in a wrong relationship, I mean romantic relationship now, you will know. Those who marry wrongly and find themselves and married, um, they end up in a bad marriage, in quotes, they knew before they entered that marriage. They knew it. They just, they just were sentimental. They knew it. You will know when you are doing the wrong thing. You will know it. Because God, see, how many of you, sometimes, certain things are in your spirit. You come to church, you hear pastor say it, and you're like, ah, this thing came to, ah, something is intuitive. In fact, you just open your Facebook, the first thing you saw is that same thing. You, you, you check somebody WhatsApp Saturday, how many of you have failed that way before? The different things are speaking to you at once. Even a non-believer came to tell you and say, if I don't serve God, don't, don't travel tomorrow, don't travel <laughs> But you know what? Because of your stronger, because God does not tamper with your choices, you go. Then you find yourself in the decision. Ah, they told me. Oh. Ah, they told me. And I knew it. Why did you not act on it when you knew it? So a lot of us fall into the wrong ditch by us just being strong-headed. How you keep the devil far from you? Remember I started by you being smart and being foolish. Imagine after this service now, you say, the guy is just saying whatever he wants to be. It's your life. That's you just acting on the word and being foolish. Imagine you get you leave this service today now, you go and still say, Ah, oh, I still love you. I, <laughs> you are still the sugar in my sea. <laughs> you just ate God word <laughs> and you still decided to be foolish. That's how it works. So you have to be serious. Shine your eye. Tell your neighbor, say shine your eye. Shine your eye. It's not every girl that is, should be beautiful to you. Guys, sorry. It's not every guy that you, she can be fine, packaged, do everything. If she's not a Christian, let her become ugly. <laughs> Girls too. It's not every man that should be fine to you. The guy is just telling him, I was in the club yesterday. The handsome man should die. I was like, ah, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> I, you, there's some things that should not attract you as a Christian. If you find yourself still finding attractions in certain things, then are you really born again? Or you are not growing? That's it. There's some conversations that you should not be having with unbelievers. I can't imagine me gisting so much with an unbeliever. How, what do we want to be saying? 
I have the work of ministry in my front. I'm thinking of how I'm going to reach lives. I'm thinking of the nations we are going to enter. I'm thinking of how we are going to spread the gospel in Mexico. I'm thinking of so many things. What conversation, what, where do you want to start from? That's what fuels my conversation with my friends. We are thinking of the next thing to do. Okay, let's release this material. I'm thinking of the materials we are going to release in September now. That's what I'm thinking about. We already have 11 materials back there. I'm thinking of more. Maybe we are going to release under 11 in September. And we are going to start sending them to different states. That's what is on my mind. So I'm not going to have a conversation with somebody telling me, how far you want, you want to drink? Drink what? <laughs> so look into your life. What opportunities do you use to give Satan? What opportunities do you give Satan? That is exactly how he's having access to you. So you can be a believer and the devil is, is possessing you. Because he said, neither give place to the devil. We saw it in Ephesians 4. Things you watch, be careful of things you watch. It's not everything you must watch. Explicit content. It's not everything you watch. You give place to the devil. Things that go through your mind. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. Everybody, let's go there. And I want us to read it together. 1 Corinthians 15 33. So, change your friends. Because... Let's read it. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Everybody, let's go. One, two, ready, go. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts It's the truth. Change of friends is the proof that you are giving to the Lord. Your association determines your destination in life. Ah, that's a punchline. <laughs> your association determines your destination. Hiya. It's true, but it's true. So if you are not sober or vigilant, Satan can devour you. I just showed you Judas. He was Jesus's, among Jesus' 12. Yet, he was the one who Satan entered to betray Jesus. So no one is immune. Even Peter, who the Lord loves, Satan entered him to, to deny Jesus. That's to tell you, you got to be careful. And you know what? Jesus told them to pray. Jesus told them, watch and pray. They were sleeping. So sometimes prayer gone might fail you sometimes. <laughs> because you have to take what God tells you seriously. Some of you now, probably you are about to enter. Why would I be teaching this this morning? Maybe some of you are about to enter into a ditch that you might not be able to come out from. And this is God's word to you this morning. Who knows? I don't... I. I can show you my notes. I plan to teach something separate. I canceled it. But I'm teaching this this morning. Some of you have friends that you have been warned not to talk to. <coughs> but you are still talking to those people. You've been warned several times. You know it within you. Because, let me tell you something. Many a times, it, when you do something... And because it is now wrong, and you have done it so, so many times because it is wrong, it doesn't make, it doesn't, your mind doesn't tell you it is wrong again. That's, a, that's the situation some of you are in. There are some friends you have, some of you are in a relationship that you shouldn't even be in, and you know it, but you just, mm. and now nothing even strives your heart again. Probably you are about to enter a ditch, and that's why the word is coming to you this morning. Maybe that's why you came to church this morning, who knows? Maybe you are not going to see my face again, but hear this this morning. That is exactly how Satan has access to you. 
Satan doesn't have power. He doesn't even have. Especially to the believer. No. It is what you give him that he works with. So be careful how you talk. Be careful with your friends. We just saw in the scripture, evil communication corrupt good manners. So if you just sit down, you just be just a, ah, in my own family, in my own tribe, in my own this. Devil is just, yeah, devil is taking notes. Hmm, okay. So if you are about to toast one girl, because she's fine, and she's not, she's not even close to being born again. You know, there's a, there, there are two, three people on the cross. You know, one. <laughs> Let me leave that story for that time. So if you are, you are already crushing on a guy who is, not, who is not even close to salvation, you say, ah, I just like it. As I see him, I see the glory of God. Ah, you are seeing the devil. <laughs> so if you are supporting Chelsea fan, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So keep a sober and vigilant life. Tell your neighbor, say, keep a sober and vigilant life. Alright, the last one, shield of faith. Number two, the last one, shield of faith. I'll close from here. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 16. I've taken your time this morning. I'm sorry. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 16. But are you getting blessed this morning? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. So you are seeing how to keep the devil far from you, right? Yes, sir. Alright. Does the devil have power over you? No, sir. Has it been stripped of his power? Yes, sir. Exactly. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 16. There are some people you go to block today. You should just block. Some people you should keep distance from. There are people that when you get home today, all you just need to do is sit down. Can we talk about Jesus? Yep. Yep. That's true. There are some people that they should not have access into your life anymore. There are some people you call your best friends, but they are not best. Because they are not saved. You can't keep an unbeliever as, a, as your best friend. How? What are you... The Bible says, what communication does light has to do with darkness? How? What are you people talking about? You don't discuss scripture? It is from one gossip to another? It's what is happening on Shade Room to, <laughs> to one reality show to... You know? Doesn't, it's not profitable for you. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 16 as a roundup. I'm sure the Lord will, I'm sure some things I've not even said, you are seeing things to drop, right? How I many of you have seen that? Things I don't even, maybe I've, I've not said. Because that's what the word of God does to make you smart, to make you wise. You can't live service, this, you can't live a kind of our service and not be smart spiritually. No, it's not possible. We're not going to have a church where people are doubt spiritually, never. Every one of you are going to walk in your right authority in Christ. Glory to God. Yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 16. Finally, my brethren, as I round up too, <laughs> be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Verse 11. It says, put on the armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for wrestling not against flesh and blood, but principalities against power. Against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you will be able to withstand in the evil day. You should read this when you get home and understand it properly. And having done all to stand, look at in verse 14, very key. 
You know, says, stand therefore, having your lawns girt with truth. On the blessed plate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16. Above all, thicken the shield of faith, wherewith ye are able to stand. Look at what it says. Stand the fiery that of the wicked. And that this, when it says, thicken on the shield of faith, when you are able to stand or quench the fiery darts of the wicked, it's talking about your words, your confession of faith. Before I get into that, you know, you can always discuss your plans with spirit-led people. Don't allow somebody invoke his plan into you. Someone just wake up and say, let's travel to Colorado, let's travel tomorrow, let's travel tomorrow. And you two, you stand up and go. And the person is an unbeliever. Then something happens on the way, then you're wondering, why did we come? Always discuss your plans with men who are spirit-led. Who will tell you, let's pray about it. Let's, 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 let's take our time. Let's trust God. Let's discuss this with somebody who knows better than us. You know, your life will be protected that way. Your life will be safe. I don't know about you, but I want your lives to be better. I want your lives to be good. So, and also be careful of the counsels you take. Some people that give you wrong advice. How you to fairly advices. Be careful. But just be very careful. So your words are your shield of faith. In First Corinthians six, First Timothy six, verse twelve, it says, "Our words, our confession of faith." Because we got born again by words. Romans ten, verse ten. We got born again by words. Hebrews ten, verse fourteen, verse twenty-three. When a man believes in his heart, he confesses with his mouth. So to say with my mouth, so I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth. So to say with my mouth, my rights and privileges in Christ. I must say it regularly. I must learn to confess God's word about me regularly. I know who I am in Christ. I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. I am far above principalities and powers, might, dominions. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Learn to use your words well. That's your shield of faith. What Christ has done. Because one of the fiery darts, where he says, quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. One of the fiery darts of the wicked is to condemn you. You're going to get condemned. It's to build guilt in your mind. Every time you see yourself feeling guilt, remind yourself, there's therefore now. Remind yourself in, in Romans, there's therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. You remind yourself. Look at in Romans, Romans 12, verse 9. I say Romans, sorry. Revelations. Let's be fast. I'm this I'm already out of time now. Revelations 12, verse 9 to 11. Revelations 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, who deceived the whole world. In essence, he was cast into the earth, and the angels out with him. Look at in verse 11. It says, and they overcame him. How did they defeat him? By the blood of the land and the word of their testimony. And they loved their lives unto death. So by the reason of that, the testimony there is confession. Go and listen. I have a message out there. Um, the believer's testimony. You should listen to it. So you must confidently speak what Christ has done. Fear is Satan's opportunity when you are fearful. I told you yesterday, some of you that came for Bible study, I told you when you are necessarily fearful, that's not of God. 
You can use your faith. You can use your words. I am not, I am. He's, you can use your word. He says, um, I have the spirit of sound mind. I'm not fearful. Perfect love casted out fear. Doubt is an opportunity for the devil to come in. Don't speak your challenges. Speak God's word. Oh, I'm going through a problem. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Since you have been saying you're sick, have you been healed? Why not say, instead of you saying I'm sick, saying the power of God works in my body, affecting the healing and the cure. Glory to God. Why not say things like that? Instead of saying I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor, I don't have money, I don't have money, I don't have money all the time. Why not say, God supplies all my needs according to my riches. God supplies all my needs. I'm never stranded. I'm not without help. Help always come to me. I am never disadvantaged. God is always on my side. Glory to God. Why not speak God right words? Speak positively. Why not don't stop speaking negatively? Stop speaking your worries. Stop speaking your doubts. Stop speaking your fears. John 8 verse 12. It says, He that followeth me shall have the light of life. And shall not walk in darkness. Why not tell yourself, I don't walk in darkness. I don't walk in confusion. I have the light of life. I am born of the spirit. I know what to do. I know how to do. I know where to do. I know how to go. God leads me all the time. My steps are always ordered by the Lord. Why not say things like that? He's not saying, I'm confused. I'm confused. I don't even know what to do. I'm confused. I'm confused. What I'm not confused. Glory to God. That's how you quench the devil. That's how you deal with the devil. When you are speaking those words, those negative words, you are giving him a room. Telling yourself, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that. I'm a failure. No, I'm not a failure. Glory to God. I'm always successful. Anything I touch my hands on is always a success. Anything I put my hands on, thanks to gold. As far as I am dead, it will come out right. Glory to God. Should be, you, should be, you should be so confident. He's not being boastful. You should be so confident and say, if things have been going on well, let me enter the room. Everything will suddenly turn out right. Everything will suddenly turn out fine. Just tell me the thing. You should be that type of friend that say, let me tell favor. As soon as I tell favor, I know there will just be a solution. Hallelujah. Because once you are speaking fear, once you are speaking doubt, once you are speaking worry, it's a sin. That's how the devil has access to you. He wants you to speak negative words. Look at every time Jesus was tempted. Jesus never misquoted the scriptures. Jesus stood upon the word. He kept saying, it is written. It is written. Hallelujah. It is written. So you overcome the devil by speaking the words of God. Hallelujah. I'm always a success. My ministry is prospering. Everything is going well with me. I know how to win souls. You know, instead of saying, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to preach. I'm very fearful. Why not say I'm bold? I have supernatural boldness. God is speaking through my lips. The word of God is always on me. I have the right answers. I know how to answer people's questions right. I am supernaturally smart. I am wise. I, am, I have wisdom. You know, before you get into an exam more, you can say, I remember everything I've read. Hallelujah. I am not forgetful. You know, you can say that 20 minutes before an exam and just say, I am not forgetful. After you have read, I am not forgetful. God brings back everything to my memory. I am not forgetful. Everything works out fine for me. I can never fail. I don't know about you, but I can never be defeated. I can never quit. I can never fail. Never. Success is my name. 
When people come around me, they encounter joy. When people come around me, they encounter peace. When people come around me, they encounter good health. When people come around me, they experience joy, peace. Why not say things like that? Instead of saying, ah, my life is finished. No, my life is not finished. I don't know about you, but my whole life is just getting started. And I'm starting with God. And I'm going good with God. Glory to God. I'm going good with God. I'm going good with God. God leads me always. I don't take wrong steps. I don't dash my feet against this wall. God leads me always. I enter the right place at the right time. I say the right things at the right time. You know, why not say those things to yourself? Speak the right words. I don't make the wrong decisions. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make wrong decisions. So, learn to put the word of God on your lips. I have a message out there, putting the word on your lips, listening to it. I have a message like that too. You can have what you say, listening to it. So, when I'm complaining, when I'm murmuring, I'm giving Satan an opportunity. You're murmuring. I know things are not going out fine. It's looking like it. But don't use your words to say it. You can stand up and say, when you're you in the midst of that chaos, when you're in the midst of that confusion, when it seems like you don't know what to do, you can just walk around your house and just say, I know what to do. This will come out fine. Everything is going to come out fine. Everything is going to come out fine. There is a way out of this. There is a way out of this. There is a way out of this. I bet you, do what I just told you and you will see a way out. You find yourself struggling. You find yourself struggling with an addiction. You find yourself struggling with a problem. You can just speak and say, I am free. I am free from the pangs of sin. I am free from the dominion of Satan. Satan has no authority over me. Therefore, I release myself from this problem, from this addiction, from this smoking addiction, from this problem, from this... You know, you can just say those things. When you want to light up the secret, just say no. I am free from this. Hallelujah. Say, I have what I say. So if you don't study the word, so every time, because every time Satan came to Jesus, he was always quoting the word. So learn to be full of God's word. And how would you even be full of God's word? If you don't study the word, you can't be full of his word. You won't even know the right thing to say. So you see why you must study, right? Tell your neighbor, say study. Tell your neighbor, say, get into messages this week. Get into it. Get into messages. We have a lot of archive. Listen to a lot of materials. Feed your mind on the word. Feed your mind on the word. It will, it will help you on the raining day. God takes care of me always. I am never without lack. I am, I, am not, I am not without help. I am not disadvantaged. I am never stranded. Help comes to me always. I have abundance of supply. I don't know about you. It might not look like it, might not look like it but I have abundance of supply. God supplies my need always. Every time I call for a need, God always comes true. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, to God. glory, glory, glory. So when you are full of the world, you are full of faith. And you can resist the devil. Not once, not twice, not three times. Always. You can always do what? Resist the devil. Are you blessed this morning? Pray about what you just heard. Just, just spend time. Just meditate and pray about what you just said. Be on your feet and just pray. Speak right words to yourself. Every way you've allowed the devil access into your life, you know you can speak and, and take things back, right?
You know you can do that. Now lift up your voice and let's speak this morning. Speak, 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 speak.